It's Locked on Horn Frogs. Can TCU afford to rest some players against Iowa State on Saturday? Also, we'll discuss a new commit to the 2023 football class. We'll do that next on Locked on Horn Frogs. You are Locked on Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Horn Frogs. I'm your host, Stephen Simcox. Uh, if you're wondering why I have episodes, like I had two episodes. I had an episode out on Sunday, episode out on Monday. If you're wondering why are we so uh, heavy here earlier in the week, well, part of it is, I'm with my wife's family. If you see the the sewing equipment behind me, I'm currently down in Brazoria County. Don't know if anybody knows where that is down near the coast in Texas, but I'm in my uh, mother-in-law's shop at the moment. I'm recording this on a Monday afternoon, and I'm trying to pump episodes out early in the week because um, we'll be Thanksgiving on Thursday, and then we're going camping this weekend. So anyway, I just won't be as available as I typically am. Um, to put content out. So I'm trying to get some episodes out right now while I can. Um, So I saw this, I want to talk about this first today. I saw this online a little bit in the past few days since TCU had the heart-stopping win against Baylor. Their regular season finale, senior day at Amon Carter, will be Saturday afternoon at 3 o'clock against Iowa State. Iowa State has four wins on the season. They're coming in, they're not even playing for bowl eligibility. This is a Matt Campbell team that's been really good the past few years, but uh, has struggled this year. And it's really been on offense. I mean, defensively, they've played everybody tough. They've only given up um, over 30 points once this season. That was 31 points to Baylor. So that defense is still nasty. um, But offensively, they've just really struggled to score. And so there's been this thought. TCU's banged up right now. Quentin Johnston is out at the moment. Or he, he had to sit out the second half of the Baylor game after uh, DB fell on his ankle. Kendra Miller missed the majority of the second half of the Baylor game. Darius Davis has a broken hand. I assume Darius Davis will not be available. Now, I think we'll get some updates from Sonny Dykes in his Tuesday press conference. I had a commenter on YouTube get upset with me because I didn't give any updates um, after the game on Saturday. Well, Coach Dykes didn't say anything about the injury situation and the post-game presser. But we'll hear from him on Tuesday afternoon when he has his weekly press conference. Anyway, I've seen this idea of could you get away with resting a couple of your stars like Kendra Miller and Quentin Johnston? Hopefully you come away with a victory against Iowa State. Even without those guys, they only have four wins, right? And then you, you have everybody fresh and ready for the conference title game. And I think this is a bad line of thinking for a couple of reasons. One is, um, I just believe if the guys are available, you got to go. Now, I trust the medical staff. I trust the coaching staff. If it's not in the best interest for Quentin Johnston and Kendra Miller to play this week because of their health situation, I totally understand. And you sit them for a week, and hopefully they're healthy by the time the next Saturday rolls around and they play most likely Kansas State, even though they got to take care of business against Kansas on Saturday night to get to the Big 12 championship game. But if those if those players are available, 
there's no way you can just say, okay, let's take a chance here and see if we can win without them. One, because even though Tennessee, which this was hilarious to me, because Tennessee fans have really taken uh, a dislike to TCU and the way they pulled out games. And consistently you've seen TCU fans and TCU member media, media members, excuse me, I saw Wes Rucker, I think covers the Vols for 247. He, on Saturday, was like, oh, yeah, TCU is obviously not one of the best four teams. If the Vols played them on a neutral field, they'd be favored by, you know, 14 points. And that's a line that I got from Tennessee fans. I've just seen that, hey, they're going to, I mean, they would wax TCU. It's not a contest. They play much tougher schedule in the SEC. So that was going on all afternoon after the Frogs escaped that game at Baylor. And then they give up 63 points to Spencer Rattler in South Carolina that night. And suddenly they're out of the playoff picture. USC has one loss. And they play Notre Dame. And then they'll have the Pac-12 title game. So they're still there in the mix. Michigan and Ohio State play this, this Saturday. So potentially the loser of that game would be on the outside looking in because they'd have one loss and then that team would not play in the Big Ten title game. Clemson only has one loss, but it, it felt like when they went down to Notre Dame, the committee sort of put them to the side, but they could work their way back in it. My point being, 13-0 is how you know for sure that you're going to get in. I think TCU would have a better case if they were a 12-1 Big 12 champion than if they were a 12 and one team that lost in the conference title game. And in that scenario, that means they would have dropped a game to Iowa State. I'm not expecting that to happen. I'm just kind of walking through some hypotheticals here. But one, I mean, I just think there's too much at stake. You, you want to go undefeated. Getting to 12-0 and in the regular season would be a huge deal. It'd be a great accomplishment. Nobody's gone 11-0 in the CFP era in the Big 12. No one's gone 12-0. I think my... My friend Jacob Langford told me that nobody's gone undefeated in the regular season in the Big 12 since 2009 when Texas did it. So that'd be a huge accomplishment. But also, I think for a team that has prided itself on their toughness, on their ability to fight through adversity, it would be a bad look, even though I understand the potential long-term benefits to say, all right, let's give these guys a chance to rest. You see this in the NFL a lot. I mean, you see teams that lock up the one seed and home field advantage or lock up their division with one or two weeks left in the year. In week 16, week 17, you get basically a preseason roster. You get a bunch of backups, make sure everybody stays healthy, make sure everybody's on the same page, and you're ready to go in the playoffs. And there's always kind of the rust versus rest conundrum. The Cowboys have done this unsuccessfully a few times. I remember that team that went 13-3 and three and rested Tony and the guys in the regular season finale and then promptly lost to the Giants after that bye week. There are other examples. Now, on the flip side, the Colts used to do that with Peyton Manning, and he would just come in and ball after you know getting a break. But I, I just think it would be a bad message sent to your team 
if those players are available, obviously if they're not, then it's not even a question. And maybe you can build a huge lead in the first half. But the other part of this is Iowa State has played everybody tough. Like they have hung with everyone on their schedule. They beat Iowa early in the season, and Iowa has a good chance to go to the Big Ten title game. Uh, they lost to Baylor by seven, lost to Kansas by three, lost to K-State by one, 10 to nine, uh, lost to Texas by three, had a chance to win that game on the road, lost Oklahoma by 14, West Virginia, uh, they beat West Virginia, lost Oklahoma State by six, lost to Tech by four. So they've hung with everyone. I, I said this, I said their defense is really solid. And so if you're if you don't have your top two offensive weapons against a really good defense, that's going to make it tougher. Now, maybe you could build a lead in the first half. Maybe you could find a way to limit Kendra's touches on Saturday and have a more steady dose of Mar Di Mercado. And Trent Battle's done some nice things when he's out there, but it's really been more in the passing game. Amani Bailey is has shown some burst when he's gotten in games. So maybe you see a little bit of him this week. But the difference between having Quentin on the outside versus him not being on the field has been pretty striking this year. And I just don't think you can afford to risk that. I'll share one more story. And I don't know if this is a great comparison. And if you don't think it is, feel free to let me know here in the comments. But I covered high school football for a number of years um, in the Central Texas area. And I covered a school that had a weird situation come up where in the 6A ranks, they divide uh, teams by size in Division One and Division Two, And so they didn't have a chance to win the district. But it was this weird scenario where if they won the game, if they won their regular season finale, which it didn't matter about them making the playoffs, if they won the game, then they would be a Division I team, and then they would go on the road to Longview, and they'd have to play Longview Lobos. And I think Haynes King was the QB at the time. And then if they lost, they would go Division II, and they'd be the highest-ranked Division II team. And so they would get um, a team from the Metroplex, who I can't remember now, but they would host a team from the Metroplex, and that team was either four and six or three and seven. They had not had an amazing season, but they won a few district games, and they were going to be the fourth place team in that district. And so they kind of hedged, and it was it wasn't talked about publicly, but it was a topic of conversation like around the program and around town that week. And so they got a significant lead on the team they were playing, who they were favored to beat. They had like a two touchdown lead at halftime and they had played their starters. And then they decided to rest their starters in the second half, which they had the lead, but it wasn't a lead that typically would have been big enough for you to justify saying, okay, let's just pack it in and it will be all right. And so they lost that football game. They ended up hosting that playoff game the next week and they, they lost to the scene from the Metroplex. And you know, like, I'm not saying it was because of that, but 
it was another that team was was kind of similar to this TCU team and they won a lot of close games that year they kind of prided themselves on being tough being physical and I just feel like it sort of changed the mentality when they when they made that move so I don't know we'll see how it plays out but I know this I don't think Sonny Dykes is gonna think this way it, it'll really just come down to whether those guys are healthy or not but I can't see them resting players and rolling the dice and playing the long game and just hoping they can win with who they have out there against Iowa State and then regroup for the conference title game. Um, A word from one of our great sponsors, LinkedIn. If you need to find people for your small business, go to linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Everyone knows LinkedIn. It is a huge brand name. It's the biggest name in the hiring market. People go to LinkedIn, they have LinkedIn profiles because they're trying to find work. So you can cast a wide net by simply posting that job for free. They also have a lot of ways to weed out candidates that might not be a great fit for you so that you get the best possible talent pool for your business. Again, that's linkedin.com slash college. Um, they have you know great screening questions, a huge base of people that are looking for work. It's why LinkedIn is the most trusted um, website and source for finding people for your small business. One more time, that's linkedin.com slash college. Okay, uh, segment two here on Locked On Horn Frogs. We have a new commit for the 2023 football class. It came down last night that Marcus Deal, um, defensive lineman from Nauman Forest in Garland, he's a four-star player. He is committing to the 2023 TCU Horn Frog recruiting class. That pulls them up to number 19 in the country in the class rankings on 247 Sports. It puts them third in the Big 12 behind Texas and Oklahoma. Um, and Deal has been a guy that they've been after a long time. I've said this before. I am not Mr. Recruiting. It's not something that I consider myself an expert on. But I know this, Marcus was down to TCU, um, Texas, and Georgia was in the mix as well. So when you're talking about those types of schools, SEC schools like Georgia, he had an Alabama offer as well. It's huge that TCU was able to land this player. Um, 6'4", 290 pounds, plays both ways in high school. And so some some people had him projected as an – more of an interior offensive line. Some people have him projected as a defensive lineman, but he is headed to TCU and is looking to play the defensive side of the ball when he gets there to Fort Worth. This puts TCU now with 21 players, 21 commits in that 2023 class. And this defensive line class is impressive. Avion Carter is another four-star player from Amarillo, Tascosa. He's 6'4", uh, 260. And so you, you hear and you see the size that TCU is looking for. And you saw it when they went and got Dom Williams um, last offseason, which ended up being one of the, you know, one of the big commits of that class, arguably the biggest commit of that 2022 class when the staff was able to flip him from his original commitment to Cal. Zach Chapman is another player from Fort Bend Marshall who's listed as a defensive lineman. He's 6'5", 250. They've done some work on the D-line and O-line in this recruiting cycle. And it's been impressive how they've gone after the size and tried to get, you know, bigger and more physical on both sides of the line. And 
That's one that I said this before. That's the one thing that has surprised me the most so far about the Sunny Dykes era is that this is a physical football team that really leans on people in the second half of games. And so you see their commitment to try to lean into that identity. Garrett Riley likes to run the football. Um, they like to run the football in the second half of games, and they need players that are going to be able to stop the run in those three down linemen um, sets. And so Marcus Deal fits that bill. This is the byproduct of winning games. I mean, they've won a lot of games. They have uh, had some big-time weekends with a lot of uh, impressive visitors who were there to see TCU play in big games with great atmospheres. Um, and so this continues that trend. We'll see how many more players they add. Early signing day is coming up. We're about a month away. And so sort of running out of time here, but they're in really good shape. 21 commits number 19 in the country, number three in the Big 12. The TCU 2023 recruiting class looks like a pretty salty bunch at the moment. We'll come back and have more on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Horn Frogs. This is Locked on Horn Frogs. We're part of the Locked on Podcast Network. It's your team.